the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi everybody, Ron Geyer. End Time Insights. Happy Sunday evening. Thanks so much for listening. Never ever do we take this lightly that people actually listen to us on the radio. That's a miracle of God. Hallelujah. My wife didn't even listen to me, so you guys are in high cotton. I'm only funning. My wife is great. I married up. Today we're going to talk about Isaiah 11. I wanted to do this for a while now, and it's so important that we understand who we are, uh, that what we've been given as a church, and whose we are, and Everything that applies to Jesus Christ and his role as head of the church also runs down. It's like in, what is it, Psalm 130, I think, about the anointing that was upon the priest. And it was like the anointing that ran down Aaron's beard. Well, it's the same way with the body of Christ. Uh, Jesus has been anointed by the sevenfold spirit of God in Isaiah 11. And we're going to talk about that because we wear that same anointing on us also as well. But I did want to just remind you, it's so important that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. The church has been taking a beating. Uh, I've been ragging on us. I'm just uh, shocked at how little we're able to speak up and uh, make our input known during this time in America today. And I think partly it's because we've forgotten who we were. Partly it's we've never known who we were. And we need to fix that. We need to change that. So I want to encourage you today with the Word of God. I want to let you know that God has anointed the church for such a time as this. The Bible says in Romans, all creation groans in anticipation, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. I love that phrase. I forget which translation that is, but it talks about all creation groans in anticipation. That's an eager anticipation. They are eagerly awaiting something. What are they eagerly awaiting? They are eagerly awaiting for us, the church, to step onto the scene. They're waiting for the sons of God to show up. And I've never seen that more needful than in today's America, in today's 2020 America in the midst of the deception being played out by the globalist against our nation to destroy our freedoms, to remove America as a bastion of freedom for the world, to remove the church as a support for our nation, to remove truth that would lead us to be making our decisions based on fear rather than faith, to be responding to lies rather than truth. That's what's been happening now. And the earth is waiting for the sons of God to show up and preach the gospel, to defend the brothers and sisters in Christ, to let the world know that, hey, man, there's an answer to your fears, and his name is Jesus Christ. Anyway, Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 3, a shoot, this is going to be referencing Jesus coming from the branch of David, actually, but they don't announce David, they announce his father, Jesse. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. 
The spirit, verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And I love this verse 3, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. We're having trouble getting the church to walk in the fear of the Lord. And yet the Bible says that Jesus is going to delight in the fear of the Lord. And I love that, too. I mean, when you look at the option of fearing man, there's no joy, there's no rest, there's no peace in that. And yet, when you can walk in the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, he that walks in the fear of the Lord understands all things. You know, I am not a Bible great expositor. I am not a superhuman being uh, where I have this wonderful reserve of knowledge that you don't have. But I do walk in the fear of the Lord. And because I walk in the fear of the Lord, I have understanding. The scriptures are real. The scriptures are true. Don't ever doubt the veracity of the scriptures. The word of God is always true. It's alive. The word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing us under the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. He shows you the difference between right and wrong. He shows you the difference between true and false. He shows you what's going on in your life so that you can make the adjustments you need to make. Going back to this, the sevenfold spirit of the Lord, let me break it down. Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, number one. Spirit of wisdom, number two. Spirit of understanding, number three. The spirit of counsel, number four. The spirit of might, number five. The spirit of knowledge, number six. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, number seven. This is the sevenfold anointing upon Jesus Christ. The sevenfold anointing upon Jesus to be the Savior, to be the Messiah of all mankind, not just Israel. The sevenfold anointing upon Jesus to be the head of the church. This is what's desperately needed now. He has already fulfilled his role, his purpose as the Messiah. He has done that. He has come. He has died for the sins of the world. He went to hell. He's been resurrected by God. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. His current role right now, he is the head of the church. He has sent his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord that rests upon him. That Spirit of the Lord now rests upon you and me. He is the guide, the one who will guide you and lead you into all truth. He is your comforter. He is your teacher. He is the author of salvation. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit of the Lord draw him. This is who we have inside as the head of the church manifesting on the earth now. Jesus is the head of the kingdom, but he's ruling and reigning right now in absentee up in heaven. But he has sent his representative, the Holy Spirit of God here. This Holy Spirit is inside the church. He's the one who is the manifestation of the baptism of the Spirit of the Lord. And that's his dwelling place in the church. That's who he is. And he is the most important aspect of of the church today, the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one that's restraining Satan right now. And he does that through the church. He is the revealer of God's truth, the revelation knowledge of God. Jesus told Peter, Peter, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, this truth, this rock of truth, what truth? That Peter was able to tell Jesus that he was the Messiah of the world. He got that revelation from the Holy Spirit of God. That is what Jesus is talking about when he says, I'm going to build my church. I am going to build my church, not on you, Peter, not on man. I am going to build my church upon revelation knowledge. And we need to live by that. So going back to verse one, a shoot Jesus will rise up from the branch of David. Thank you, Lord. And the sevenfold spirit, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. He will be comfortable on him. He will be at peace upon him. He will fit him like a good suit of clothes. He will mantle him with the spirit of the Lord. It's the same 
aspect that the Holy Spirit has with the church. He's supposed to be comfortable. He's supposed to be fitting us like a glove. He is supposed to be leading us and guiding us in the way that we should go. And I must admit that as I'm doing this lesson, I'm going, well, where's the Holy Spirit? I haven't seen the Holy Spirit. I've not seen the Holy Spirit. I've not heard the Holy Spirit doing anything in our church nationally in America. I mean, I've heard the news media. I've heard the politicians. I've heard the globalists. I've heard administrators. I've heard medical experts. I've heard organizations, the WHO, the CDC. I've heard all of them with a loud voice proclaiming things. And yet the Holy Spirit is supposed to be proclaiming things. But unfortunately, the voice of the Holy Spirit is in the church. And the church has gone quiet. The church has gone silent. That's why I'm doing this teaching today. I want you to see how anointed we are, my brothers and sisters. I want you to see how what a great calling, what a great privilege we have to walk around. The Bible says we have this treasure in earth and vessels, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are equipped for greatness, and that greatness is for the glory of God. So the sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which is also the sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit on the church as well. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. We are different people. We don't have the Spirit of of the world. We don't have the Spirit of man upon us. We have the Spirit of the Lord. We don't have the spirit of fear. We have the spirit of faith. God's given to every man the measure of faith. That means we're supposed to be led by the spirit of God to operate and manifest God's presence through the faith that we live. Unfortunately, the church is falling into the same mindset as the world. We are allowing fear to make our decisions. And I will debate that with anybody. If you think you're in church and you're following the dictates of man, I'm sorry. You are not operating in faith. You are operating in fear. Okay, but look at this. The spirit of wisdom. He comes with the spirit of the Lord and he's resting upon Christ, the head of the church. He's resting upon the church, the spirit of wisdom. Where is the spirit of wisdom manifesting in today's church? I see it in tiny, tiny, tiny pockets. I see it nationally on Franklin Graham. I see it from uh, the post that Mario Murillo does to encourage the church and to tell us the truth. I see it in a certain prophetic voices out there. Locally, I see it in Dr. Steve Hotze, man, doing a great job. Boldness, man, just standing up for the kingdom of God, standing up for American freedoms. I mean, the guy's doing a great job. You need to support that ministry. The spirit of wisdom. The Bible says God gives wisdom. His every word is its own treasure of knowledge and understanding. The Bible says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's a word of wisdom in there. The Bible says that if you need wisdom, ask God. It's so important that we walk in the wisdom of God. Proverbs 8 reveals wisdom as the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet wisdom cries out. Wisdom calls to us. We don't have to go seeking wisdom. Wisdom is inviting us. And yet we seem to have neglected that call. I haven't seen the church operate in wisdom. When you close your church doors, when you follow the mandates of man, when you let man dictate to you when and how you can have church and what goes inside those doors, I'm sorry, that is not the wisdom of man. That's the wisdom of the world. And that's an embarrassing situation. I am ashamed. I feel so hypocritical. We need to go back to the word of God. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. I said this early on, the spirit of the Lord, those that walk in the fear of the Lord, they have all understanding. They understand all things. You're supposed to understand what's going on with this virus. You're supposed to understand the assault upon our freedoms in America. You are supposed to understand the role of the church. I said it earlier. All creation is groaning in anticipation. They're eagerly expecting what? You to show up, the manifestation of the sons of God. And the Bible says that we need to be walking. We are anointed to walk in wisdom. We are anointed to walk in understanding. 
continue on that verse, the Bible says that the spirit of counsel, you know, he's called the wonderful counselor. We have that. We have the spirit of wisdom. We have the spirit of understanding and we are anointed for wise counsel. And that wise counsel always comes from the word of God. It's so important that we follow when we have counselors out there that are telling you that we follow the dictates, not of man, but the wisdom that's in the Holy Spirit of God. You know, I appreciate my wife. Women are wise. My wife walks in the wisdom of God. She gives wise counsel. She represents the Holy Spirit to me. When I'm in my home and I'm struggling sometimes, I'll just call Diane. We'll talk and everything. And sooner or later, that wisdom will come out and it will be the counsel that I need because my wife and your wife, recognize it, acknowledge it or not, your wife represents the voice of the Holy Spirit to you. She is the helper that God gave to man in a marriage scenario. She is the wise counsel that I need. It doesn't threaten me. I desire it. Don't forget, wisdom is calling out to me. Wisdom is inviting me to her table. Wisdom is inviting me to her feast. Often that wisdom manifests in the words of my wife. That is the one aspect of the sevenfold spirit of the Lord that we are anointed to walk in. We're anointed to walk in the spirit of the Lord. We follow his leadings. We're supposed to be walking in the wisdom of God. We're supposed to be walking with great understanding. And I have not seen any wisdom by the church during this epidemic. I have not seen any understanding about what is going on. It seems we don't have an idea about the threat that's uh, right in our face. We're being slapped in the face day after day after day, and we've not responded as we should. We've responded in the manner they have let us respond. They do not dictate to us how we operate. They do not lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Oh, look at this next one. The spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. Where is the might for the body of Christ? Jesus said, behold, I give you might. I give you power. I give you dominion, authority over all of the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. We've got a guarantee that we can demonstrate this might, that we can walk in our authority. And yet the Bible promises we won't be harmed when we do that. What are we waiting for? I am shocked. We've got these promises of God. They're great. We teach on faith. You may have to walk in these by faith. You may have to receive them by faith. But that promise is that you will not be harmed. I don't understand it. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of night, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Number six, the spirit of knowledge. Number seven, the fear of the Lord. You know, we quote one scripture all the time and we use it and it's a cop out. We quote it wrong. The Bible says in Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's indirect direct opposition to what the Word of God says in Isaiah 11. The Bible says that your anointing includes the spirit of the knowledge. Well, if your anointing includes the spirit of knowledge, then when that scripture comes out that my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, that means that something is wrong there. Either the Holy Spirit made a mistake in writing the book that that knowledge is not available to you, or... We cut that scripture off before it actually says what it means. Let me go back and read Hosea. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge, saith the Lord. Because thou hast rejected me, I also will reject you. The reason the church is not walking in knowledge today is because we have rejected God. Did you understand that? I know it's hard, but it's the word of God. We need to get right with the Word of God. If anything I am learning in this last two or three years since God has really moved in my heart to do these end-time insights is that we have misrepresented God. We have misrepresented God. Where is that? Told you. I got a great quote. My friend, I think Carmen sent it over. Where is it? Told you, told you. There it is. 
We must repudiate this great modern wave of seeking God for his benefits. He wants us to know that when we have him, we have everything we have. We have all of the rest, A.W. Tozer. What a great quote. What wisdom. You want to see wisdom? There's wisdom. We must repudiate this great modern wave of seeking God for his benefits. A miscarriage, a misunderstanding, a misappropriation of the Bible promises concerning prosperity has led to that. We no longer seek God for who he is. We seek God for his benefits. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added unto you. But we've got it all backwards. We're seeking God for his provision. We think gain is godliness. I got a bigger house. I'm a godly man. I got a better car. I'm more godly than you are. We've got it all backwards. Fame and fortune and Pride comes in, and that's what happens when we start falling, because the Bible says pride comes before the fall. It's one of the great reasons we see the body of Christ falling away from God, because we're full of pride. The spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge, and here's the big one, the fear of the Lord. I tell you, we have manifested the fear of God during this virus no, we haven't. I've not seen it anywhere. Uh, while there, I take it back, Rodney Howard Brown did great. Uh, Mario Murillo speaks truth. Franklin Graham went to New York. He did a fabulous job. He went there under false pretenses, thinking that he was needed for the ministry that he has, the Samaritan's Way. They got there. They did a great job. They set up hospitals. Nobody ever came to the hospitals. They weren't needed. So... As soon as they realized they didn't need him, they started running him down for his stance on telling the truth to the homosexual community, saying that America needs to repent for the sin of homosexuality. America needs to repent for the sin of abortion. He did that, and they got real mad at him, and they started putting him down. Did the church defend him? Did the church come out and say, no, our brother is right. He is speaking the truth. Not at all. We were scared. We didn't defend him at all, and that's just another manifestation that we fear a man. We fear our losing our popularity. We fear losing congregants and their money. We fear our good standing more than we fear God. We'll offend God before we'll offend anybody else. I just don't understand that. Verse 3 again, sevenfold anointing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, which is also upon the church concerning Jesus. Jesus will delight in the fear of the Lord. Well, if Jesus, the head of the church, delights in the fear of the Lord, what do you think that says about the behavior of the church concerning the fear of the Lord? We fear the fear of the Lord, yet we fear man more than we fear God. The Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The Bible says it is a terror to fall into the hands of the living God. That's written to the backslider, and yet we think nothing of it. I'm convinced that the church doesn't know who God is. I'm sorry. And remember, Jesus at the time of the judgment, remember, what's he going to say? Depart from me. I never knew you, you who worked iniquity. In another place, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. It's because we didn't obey God. It's one thing to say, Lord, Lord, in that day. But then Jesus says, but no, no, you don't know me unless you obey me. If you don't obey me and you're calling me Lord, Lord, then that proves to me you don't know me. And here we are now. We see our church is following the dictates of man, not just man, godless man, reprobate man, globalist man who's seeking the destruction of America, who's seeking the removal of the church as a viable voice for morality in America today. We need to stand up and say no. I just want to confirm about this spirit of the Lord, the sevenfold ministry upon the church, First John two twenty six and 27. John says, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. You mean there are people trying to lead us astray today in America? Give me a break. 
John says, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray, astray from God, astray from the word of God, astray from faith, astray from truth. And this is what he's trying to say. As for you, the anointing that you receive from him who, Jesus, it remains in you. He's saying that the people that are trying to lead you astray, I want to remind you that as for you personally, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. We've got that sevenfold anointing. We got that sevenfold anointing that blesses us and crowns us with wisdom and understanding. It crowns us and covers us with counsel and might in the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We are crowned with that. We've got that from the inside out, from the head to the toes. We need to start using it. We need to start walking in this. The Spirit of the Lord, the sevenfold impartation of the anointing of God upon Jesus Christ as King, as Savior, as head of the church. First John tells us right there that same anointing is in us. It's upon his people and it's upon his church, the body of Christ. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist. I baptize you with water for repentance, saith John. There's that word again, repentance. We have got to embrace that word. That is our only hope. I'm going to digress right here for a minute. You know, repentance, I love this. My pastor talks about this, and uh, he says that God's first move towards me is always grace. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think that is fabulous. I can testify to that. In my 35, 40 years as a Christian, that has been confirmed in me, manifested in me a million times. God's first move towards me, it's always grace. You know, thank God we're living here now during the age of grace, during the age of the church where grace has been offered. And yet that's his first move, whether I'm in the midst of sin, whether I have made a mistake, whether I have rejected him, I've been embarrassed by him, I've been scared to do something for him. His first move towards me, it's always grace. I love it, I love it, I love it. Conversely, our first move towards him should always be repentance. I mean, repentance. Where sin doth abound, there there's grace yet more abound. You know, that response, the goodness of God, it has a built-in response that you're supposed to make, and that response is repentance. The goodness of God. What? Know ye not that the goodness of God is to lead you to repentance? America will go no further with God. I hear people quoting scriptures all day long, prophesying our best days are ahead, prophesying it's going to be great. Once we get through this, prophesying that the economy is going to come back, prophesying that the wicked are going to be brought to justice, prophesying that we're going to get on the other side of corruption in Washington. I will tell you this, prophesying that this disease is going to run. None of this is going to happen until we repent. And when I say we, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the church. And if anything that we've seen in the last 90 days, the church needs to repent of its cowardice. We need to repent for being fearful instead of faithful. We have a lot to repent. I'm not even talking about the sins of abortion within the church, the sins of acceptance of illicit sexual morality. I'm not even talking about repented of because we're not even talking about it. It's the elephant in the room all the time. I'll talk about it. I'll tell you right now. The church needs to be repent of our cowardice concerning telling the congregations, telling the nation why we are in trouble. We are in trouble because of abortion and because of homosexuality, which includes all other forms of sexually deviant behavior. Repent, repent, repent. God's first move towards us is grace. Yes, our first move to God needs to be repentance. It's important that we get that down. That is so important. John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance. The whole idea of that was for repentance. But 
After me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And included in that Holy Ghost baptism is the fire of God so that we would be purged of our sin, cleaned of any impureness so that we would be fitting carriers, fitting vessels to walk around and use that sevenfold anointing that is upon the head of the church that's supposed to be upon us also. We have no excuse for our cowardice. We have been giving everything we need. By the way, we're not walking that anointing yet, but that needs to change. That's where our prayers are. I tell you, every time I come on here, I've got so many things. I go home with a list of prayers that I need to pray for us in the body of Christ, but pray I will. The Bible says God delights in the prayers of a righteous man. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to our cry. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you receive it, you shall have it. I pray that you guys have been blessed by what we've talked about today. We'll be back next Sunday night. Till then, have a great life. Read the word of God. Talk to Father. Get right with him. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.